Well, welcome to week six of the Being Challenge, where we talk about the keystone habit, seeking solitude. Now, when I first came to Trinity about 20 years ago, someone told me a great idea, and I decided I wanted to do that in my ministry. And that was, they said, take one day a month and just go away by yourself. Find some place where you can be totally alone, just you and God, and you can pray, you can study his word, you can focus on your ministry, you can kind of seek his will for your ministry. I thought, that's a wonderful idea. And, uh, and so I made a, an appointment at a local retreat center here in the Lyle area, and uh, I, I went that morning, and I was really excited, and as I was checking in, they explained to me that one of the ground rules at this retreat center is that you, I was supposed to say, stay totally silent, no talking at all. Now, that wasn't that hard. Once I got into my little room and I was all by myself, I was alone, and it was really a pretty good morning praying and um, doing some reading God's Word that I had been wanting to do and just kind of spending some time listening to God and, and, and doing a little journaling about what I was hearing from Him, and it was a great morning. And then came time for lunch, and so I went to the cafeteria where they had told me I could eat, and I walked in, and there's like 15 other people in there. And no one's saying anything to anyone because of this vow of silence thing. And it was really kind of uncomfortable for me. Again, I'm, I'm an extrovert. I, I, wanted to, I wanted to sit down with a group of people and find out who they were and, and why they were there, what they were hoping to gain from this, this day of solitude. And, but you know, it was against the rules. So, so I just kind of took my tray and I sat down. And, and again, after about five minutes, I was like, this is really uncomfortable. I'm just going to eat my food as fast as I can and, and get back to the room. And so, so I did. I kind of shoveled my food down and I, I stood up and, and, and went to, to head back uh, to, the, to my room with my tray. And, and I turned a little too fast and my silverware slid off the tray and went clattering across the floor. And everybody looked up at me and, you know, gave me these kind of stern looks and, and went, oh, I'm sorry. And I went, oh, and I realized I had spoken and you weren't supposed to speak. And, 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 and now they're really kind of frowning at me. And, and I'm like, I just got to get out of here. So I leaned over to try to pick up some of the silverware. And, and now I tilted my tray and my plate slid off and, and clattering on the floor, spraying some leftover food everywhere. It was just a disaster. I, I don't think I'm welcome back there anymore. Now, what is it that we're talking about, and why would we be talking about this idea, this keystone habit of seeking solitude? Now, I have to admit to you something that I heard that from Zach Zender, the author of the book, when he first started making a list of all these keystone habits of Jesus, and then he went into the Gospels to try to find how often Jesus did those things, he was not expecting solitude to be near the top of the list. He was not expecting it to be in the top five, but it was. In fact, he reports from his study that there are 39 different times in the Gospels where Jesus is either teaching about solitude or seeking that solitude himself. Now, as we study those stories of Jesus, we find that Jesus didn't just seek solitude. He did it at a number of different times in his ministry. First, for example, he would seek solitude before something big was about to happen. In Mark chapter 1, uh, we read this. Before daybreak the next morning, Jesus got up and went out to an isolated place to pray. Later, Simon and the others went to find him. And when they found him, they said, everyone's looking for you. But Jesus replied, we must go to these other towns and I will preach in them. That's why I came. And so he traveled throughout the region of Galilee, preaching in the synagogues and casting out demons. 
So Jesus has gathered his disciples. They're there in either Nazareth or Capernaum. We're not, we're not sure exactly which. And, uh, um, but now it's time for him to really kind of begin his ministry, to, to start going around preaching and teaching in the towns. And so before he does that, that morning, he gets up early so he can have some solitude, some time with his heavenly father. Here's another example. Jesus didn't just seek solitude before big things that were going on. He, he also sought solitude after big things had happened. In Mark chapter 6, I, I just want to read you. These are the headings among the major sections in that chapter, at least in my Bible. Rejected at Nazareth, that's the first one. The apostles sent out, that's the second one. Death of John the Baptist, that's the third one. The apostles return. That's the fourth one. So think about that. Within a very short period of time in Jesus' life, he's rejected in his hometown of Nazareth. He then sends out his disciples for the first time by themselves without him with to help them and to coach them. He then hears about the death of his good friend and relative, John the Baptist. And then the disciples come back, and they, they're excited about what's just happened. They have all these stories to tell. I can imagine he's like, you know, can hardly calm down. There are people all over trying to tell him stuff. And it's in that that Jesus says to his disciples, let's go off by ourselves where we can be alone and pray. See, Jesus had had maybe one of the most complicated and difficult few days of his life with all the stuff going on in his ministry and being rejected in Nazareth and now the death of his good friend and cousin, John. And so Jesus says, I need some alone time. So do you. Let's, let's go seek some solitude. Here's, here's another example. Jesus would seek solitude right during some big things going on in his life. I mean, think about the last few days he was with his disciples. It's been the triumphant entry into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday and, and all these different times of teaching and, and conflict with the religious leaders during Holy Week. And, and now it's been Monday, Thursday, and he's together with his disciples to celebrate the Passover and wash their feet and institute the Lord's Supper. And he, he's now off to the Garden of Gethsemane where he's going to get arrested and then put on trial and then crucified the next day. And right in the middle of that all, when they get to that Garden of Gethsemane, he takes a few of his disciples away, and then he even leaves them behind, and he goes for some solitude, not once, not twice, but three different times with his heavenly Father. Finally, Jesus would seek solitude before he had some big decisions to make. Again, very early in his ministry, right after his baptism, he's going to have to choose his disciples. He's going to have to uh, start deciding on his strategy for where he's going to go when in his early ministry. He's got some, some big decisions to make. And so after his baptism, Jesus goes and he doesn't just spend an evening or a day or an hour. He spends 40 days by himself in the wilderness with his heavenly father. Satan used that as a time to try to tempt him and, and interrupt him. But Jesus stayed focused on that time with his father, that solitude. So, so Jesus sought solitude before big things, after big things, during big things, when he had big decisions to make. So why shouldn't we? Now, I, I do want to make sure that we're clear on what we're talking about when we talk about solitude, because the, the world's definition of solitude is very different than the biblical definition. See, the world says uh, solitude is time when you are totally alone. And uh, that's not 
biblical solitude. In the Bible, solitude is when you are totally alone from other people, but with your heavenly father. So solitude isn't getting rid of the distractions in your life so you can just be by yourself. Solitude is getting rid of the distractions in your life so you can be with your God, so that you can let him fill that time and, and, and focus on him. Now, a lot of times people, uh, when they talk about solitude, they're also talking about mindfulness or, or meditation. You may have heard that. And did you know that meditation is actually a biblical concept? It, it comes from the Bible. In Psalm 1-2, we read this, um, but they, people that follow God, uh, delight in the law of the Lord, and on his word they meditate day and night. That, that idea of meditating is a very scriptural concept, but Eastern meditation has kind of stolen it. And Eastern meditation is you empty your mind. Again, it's, it's removing yourself from distractions so you can empty your mind and your thoughts and not really think about anything. That's the goal. But Meditation in, in God's word, in God's uh, plan, is that you empty other things out of your mind so that you can fill it with his word, so that you can focus on his word, so that you can listen for God. Now, solitude does an amazing thing for us. It, 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 it brings focus to our lives amidst the loudness and the distractions, but it does it so that we can hear God. You know, there's that famous story in the Old Testament where um, the prophet Elijah was seeking God in his will, and, and God took him up on a mountain, and there's all this storm, and there's all this stuff going on, but God wasn't in any of that. When he finally hears from God, it's a still, small voice, God's word says. And that's why we need solitude. Our life is just as noisy and messy as, as that time on the mountain for Elijah, and so we need to find a way that we can get away from those distractions, that we can get away from everything that would tear our attention away, and we can just be still and know that he is God. We can listen to God. We can focus on our relationship with him. You know, in James chapter 4, verse 8, God makes us an amazing promise. It's simple, but it's so profound. Listen to these words. James tells us, draw near to God, and he will draw near to you. Think about that for a minute. The promise is that if we set aside time to be with God, if we clear our schedule, if we clear our minds, if we clear our calendars, and we draw near to God, he will be there to meet us. He will draw near to us. In fact, he's just waiting to do that. Now, let me, with the last few minutes we have here together, just give you a few just real practical tips because my challenge for you is to spend some time alone with God this week. Now, if you're an introvert, spending time alone is not going to be that big a challenge for you. You're, you're going to find a place where you can be totally alone and, and you'll be very comfortable there. But if you're an extrovert like me, that's going to be uncomfortable and it may be difficult. And so let me tell you what I found works for me. Instead of going to a retreat center somewhere and sitting in a room by myself where I'm not supposed to talk to anybody, I'll go to a Starbucks and I'll get a cup of coffee and I'll find a quiet table in the corner and I'll uh, put on some noise-canceling headphones and, and just kind of shut out the world around me. And uh, I will then focus on God. And, and in some ways, I'm, I'm kind of alone in a crowd, right? 
there's people and stuff going on around me and that makes me feel more comfortable. But, but I'm not really listening. I'm not paying attention. I'm really focused on God and his word and his will for my life. Here, here's another hint for you. Take your phone and, and shut it off. Now you may go, well, wait a minute. I, you know, I, I've got a, 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 an ailing parent and I may need to, to take a phone call to, if there's something going wrong with them or I've got little kids in school. I need to be available if the school calls. I, I get it. So here's what you can do. Most modern uh, phones today have something called a do not disturb mode. And, and you can designate a, a couple of uh, phone numbers that will get through that do not disturb in an emergency, but nothing else will. No email, no, um, no text messages, no, no alerts, uh, none of that stuff. So you're not interrupted. And, and finally, let me give you one more hint. Get a little pad of paper, or maybe it is a notes app in your phone, and just have it open and ready. And uh, because here's what's going to happen. As soon as you kind of clear out everything else that's going on in your life, and you start to settle into a prayer time or a, a time reading God's word or a time focused on listening to him, all of a sudden you're going to remember stuff like, oh my gosh, I, I forgot to pick up the dry cleaning yesterday. I got to do that. And, and so what you do then is you let yourself have that thought, jot it down on the piece of paper, and then don't worry about it. It'll be there for you when you're done. If I found if I don't do that, if I don't capture that thought quickly and then get it out of my way so I don't have to think about it, I spend the whole rest of the time and there's this little voice in the back of my head going, don't forget about the dry cleaning, don't forget about the dry cleaning, you're going to forget about the dry cleaning. Just having a way that I can just quickly get that jotted down and out of the way is just really helpful. And finally, I do want to encourage you to, to sure, spend some time in prayer talking to God, to, Pour your heart out to him. Talk about stuff that's important or talk about stuff that isn't that important in your life. We talked about this a little bit in our prioritized prayer week. Spend some time talking to him. And certainly spend some time reading God's word or, or, or maybe it's a devotional book that, that you want to get caught up in or whatever that is. Spend some time in that. But I'd encourage you to also spend some time just listening. Just kind of clear your mind and maybe focus on a Bible verse or two. And listen for that still, small voice. Because God's word is pretty clear. He still speaks to people. So I pray that you would have a chance this next week to be alone with God. To, to prioritize taking some time in your life to seek solitude. Draw near to God. And he promises he will draw near to you. Now, we've talked about a number of these keystone habits of Jesus, right? We, we talked about committing to community. And I pray that being together with others and studying God's word together in your small group has been a real blessing to you. We've talked about studying scripture and, and maybe memorizing some scripture. And I pray that you've had some success doing that. And you found God's word to be the great blessing that it is in our lives. We've talked about prioritizing prayer and, and, and how meaningful prayer can be in our lives. And, and I hope that maybe you've taken a challenge like starting every day with a word of prayer when you've never done that before. But here's what I would challenge you. Take some time for solitude. You may just find out that that time alone, just you and God, is the most profound time that you've had with him for a long time. I pray God blesses you as you seek solitude with him. Amen.